I'm Coach Nikki. Welcome to the Business 101 Show podcast. If you have a question on business or maybe you'd like to be interviewed on our show, get in touch. Email us info at business101show.com.au. That's info at business101show.com.au. We're on Instagram and Facebook too. You can find all those details at our website, business101show.com.au. And today I'm sitting down with Andrea Wilden, the Greens campaign organiser for Rankin and Ford. And Andrea also ran in the state seat election for Stretton in 2020, securing, I think, 8.6% of the vote off the top of my head, Andrea. Yeah. Something like let's that? say 87 <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Business 101 show. Thank you, everybody. Yay. <laughs> we don't have a stereo or applause button, sorry. <laughs> Look, it's great to actually sit down with you. Um, full disclosure, we've known each other since school. You're a good friend of my wife's. We have, yes. Um, so now that that's out of the way, you, it provides a unique opportunity because I think the listeners are going to be interested. You have a strong focus and you're working in the Greens uh, political movement. Mm. You're putting your time, energy and effort there. Yeah. Uh, of course, I sit on a different side of the fence being in small business. I've always voted a different way. Mm, and I have don't some, we know it? And I have some beliefs <laughs> about... Um, what I th- think and don't think about, say, the party you represent. So the opportunity to actually talk about the Greens yep. and not have this combative, you know, one thing that really frustrates me with politics today is it seems to be the politicians are so guarded. They're just trying to do a voice grab. They know they're going to get voice grabs, so they don't really talk about stuff. They try and give you a 15-second point every time they open their yes. mouth. That's yep. what. That's not what this is about, okay? It's going to be a chat. Yes. Fair enough. Okay. Good chat. Good. So... Let's start at the start. What makes you go into being active in a political party? Like, what makes you want to devote your time there? That's huge. Uh, Look, for me, um, look, for me, it was, I have devoted my entire life to community work. Um, I could easily have gone into a job that was more about making money, um, but money wasn't everything to me. I I guess in my culture, I'm Pacific Islander, um, and so, you know, really money wasn't the be all and end all about, you know, for my life. It was more about building community um, and doing things to help people. So, But you've worked your butt off your whole life. I like have. nursing, midwifery. Like That's it's right. not like you've been at home hugging trees. Like you've been That's right. working Absolutely. nonstop, raising family. Absolutely. But the job that I chose was not one that actually pays well. Mm. Um, I actually chose to do nursing and midwifery, which doesn't pay well. It doesn't have good working conditions. It doesn't look after the workers. It, there's, it's a thankless task. And actually, so is being a working mother. Um, it's actually a thankless <laughs> task. Um, you get paid less being a working mum. You get you? paid absolutely zero. And there's a lot of, um, you know, there's not much gratitude for doing that. Um, but you do it because you want to make a difference in the world. And so, you know, being a nurse and being a midwife and actually doing something for the community. And as you know, you're volunteering today. You know, you do something for the community because you want to make a difference. You want to leave a legacy. You, you, want, to, you want to create community. You, you want to feel like you're making a, a difference and, and doing something to build community spirit in, in the world, you know. And, and this is why I chose nursing midwifery. It's not for the money. It's not because you're going to be rich. It's because you want to give back to, to humankind, you know. And really that's why I chose the Greens is because I felt like this was a place that aligned with my my values and my beliefs. It was it was grassroots democracy. It was you know 
building something from, um, you know, making sure that everybody was not left behind. You know, there was no minority group that was going to be left behind and making sure that everybody had a voice um, and that, um, you know, we were going to make a better um, a better future for everybody. Um, yeah, it was, you know, and, and all of their policies kind of aligned with what I believed in. So they have these four pil- pillars in the Greens that, you know, our policies are kind of based on. So mm-hmm. there's grassroots democracy, ecological sustainability, which is where everybody kind of has this has this idea of the Greens only being about saving the planet and only being about, yeah. oh, your tree Lower huggers. carbon emissions. Yes, yes, yep. yes. But that's your ecological sta- sustainability and that's where those policies come from. But your grassroots democracy is where we want to listen to what the people want in our communities. So that's where policies might be tailored to, to the, the particular areas of where these people live. So you might have, you know, slightly more wealthy areas who, ha- who want to have, you know, slightly different policies, or you might have slightly more, um, you know, lower socioeconomic areas that might need slightly different policies that but suit them. This is the quandary, right? Because inner city is a large green heartland. Like yeah. there's a lot of inner city and I heard uh, inner city voters voting Greens That's described right. as they don't have e- any economic debt pressure. Mm-hmm. So they can really follow their, their heart. It's a poor paraphrase of word, but they can follow their conscience more because they're not bri- bridled by debt and having like to sustain income to pay off debt. That was how one uh, media commentator put it this week. I thought that was quite interesting because you'd think being the Greens, it's sort of like lower socio, you know, school of hard knocks, uh, give me a fair go. That's probably sounds more like a Labor Party pitch, I suppose. But it's got you've got really good support in inner city with very well-to-do people that have made their money out of industry uh yes yes so who who is the ideal greens voter oh it varies but look do they all listen to triple j (laughs) (laughs) there's going to be a few of these in this sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna empty out my war chest of no that's fine bring it on babe bring it on um no there are some who would listen to triple j i guess and maybe triple j are targeting the the young voters who are coming through learning about climate change in school and then saying, right, we want to vote green because, um, yeah, you're right. In inner city areas, they are generally, I suppose, university educated and they learn about climate change and they are maybe studying. I don't know. I, I had a guy on pre-poll the other day who was voting greens and, and helping out on pre-poll. He studies ecology and, um, you know, you have your environmental um, scientists and you have, you know, people who are quite you know, well-educated and understand what's going on with the world. And, and um, you know, I, I guess the younger voters coming through understand science. And, and the Greens are a party of science um, rather than sort of basing their, um, their policies on religion. Um, and so we noticed that there is a, a difference between, um, uh, you know, the policies of um, mixing, mixing Christian values in with our politics. Um, it which is what we see happen in LMP policies sometimes. We don't like to do that in the Greens. We like to just have science-based policies and make sure that we're following the science. Um, so that's where you'll have your inner city voters who are quite well-educated. That's that's a generalisation, but yeah, yeah. yeah, that's where they're talking about. I think the, we have to accept that we're going to have to generalise some of this. That's right. That's right. But that's where you'll have your inner city people who might be more well off. Um, you know, they'll want your free public transport, of course, because they live in the city and they're not using um, cars to get to their job, you know. but um, They probably but, yeah. own Priuses anyway. 
Well, they could, yeah. They're the ones who might be able to afford the um, electric vehicles as well. They, you know, So that's where our policy will come in to lower the price of electric vehicles. But we want to electrify everything because we want the transition to... Um, you know, to renewables, 100% renewables that's by 2030. Big, that's the big ticket. And that's the thing that I've always scratched my head about. So now that I've got you in front of me, I'm going to ask you this question. Renewables, of course, it's a good idea because we can, if whatever we can use out of nature that doesn't degrade nature or cause other problems, then we should be doing more of that, right? Yeah. Where I struggle with the whole thing is we can't run our whole country on renewables right now. Not right now. And it's, it's, it's a process of evolution, right? Transition. So when I then hear parties screaming at the government going, well, we've got to commit to a zero emissions by 2050, I'm going, no, it's just not possible because the, the lights wouldn't stay on and the aircon wouldn't run. Like we have to take... 2050 is too late, actually. Yeah, but we have to take... Uh, how do you eat an elephant in a mouthful of time, right? You've, it's almost yeah. like you've got to break it down and go, well, what are we going to do in the next five years and then the next 10 years and then do chunks like 5, 10, 15, 20? And then because in five years' time, technology goes so fast and evolves so much that whatever we thought five years ago probably is obsolete by the time we get five years down the road on what's possible because of you know what Tesla's done with the battery storage. Or So for me, it's like, well, it's fine to say, let's have a zero emission target. But for mm. me, that's not reality as we sit today in 2022 because the lights wouldn't stay on. What do you say to that? Look, there's a lot to say to that. At the moment, we've got about 30% of our grid is actually, uh, of the electricity that's in our grid is produced by renewables anyway. So we've already got 30% of it. Um, I mean, we have got our transition to renewables happening at the moment. So, I mean, it's not out of our reach right now. Um, I think it's doable, but it's it's actually like anything is possible if everybody puts their mind to it to actually swap over. We've seen the massive changes that can happen during this COVID pandemic when everybody notices what a problem there is and what we have to do to solve it. Like say, for example, the the pandemic and the fact that we needed a um, a uh, vaccine immediately. You know, the entire world works on this problem. What hasn't actually been recognised is the fact that we have the rising temperatures of the oceans and, you know, the damage that this is causing and the fact that 2050 is too late for the planet. We're actually losing species off the planet. Um, you know, the, the oceans are rising. Like, I think what's happened here is that we have so much gas and coal subsidies that are going to politicians and that are going to um, our political parties that... There's just no will to actually make these changes because so much money is coming to these political parties. The, the donations that is coming from the coal and gas companies is keeping these um, policies going. So if there's no will sure, to change surely it... it's the other side too, though. I mean, we make a fantastic amount of tax revenue out of all those things as well into the public coffers, which then again, of course, gives them money to play with when they set the policy. So if you control the circle, i.e. you're the government, it's a nice situation to have because you're earning well on the uh, fossil fuels, but you also then get to sort of decide where things are done. But back to that point of, is so is it more like an agitation? Is it like, well, we're saying we want zero emissions by 2050, 
because you know you're not going to get it. So it's better to agitate for something, shoot higher. Because when you're business coaching and setting strategy, you should always aim higher than you actually believe you're ever going to get. Exactly. Because then you'll actually land higher than you ever were ever shooting for. Well, look, I, I think don't want to dumb is, down the policy. No, of that's the fine. Greens, but, but I think this is what we're doing. So this is where we have the three, you know, what they're calling the three majors. And I'm so happy that we're called a major this party, yeah, uh, this this election. Well, I think you're a major. The if Greens? you were to say to me, uh, do you think the Greens party is most? Absolutely, because of brand recognition. Brand recognition, yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Like, um, you know, I you just described your party as a group of mums and dads volunteers. Yeah, that's what I say because we are. We're just a group of mums and dads that volunteer, you know, or or young people who volunteer, you know. I mean, we're all volunteers, and we don't take corporate donations or or donations off um, developers, um, but. You know, whereas the majors take these massive donations and they have so much money, you know, and we're just this group of community minded people who just get out there and try our best against so much corporate money. And I just think like to be called a major now by, you know, by everybody else is just like. I'm stunned. I'm just like, oh, wow, we're a major. You know, we're in the <laughs> I'm basket. I'm sure you can hear Andrea's smile through the podcast yeah. because you really are genuinely impressed by that. Like that's I really, am. Yeah. I am. I'm just, I'm amazed when I see all these pictures on social media saying, you know, especially from Clive Palmer and his group and they're saying, don't vote, vote for, you know, Liberal, Labor or the Greens. They're the majors. And I go, oh, we're a major now. This is great. We've made it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I wonder how much of that also is the preferencing going on as well, because was at last uh, that I understood, I think Labor was running preferences to the Greens, or that's at least what's been put out there. Now, here's the hard part, right? As, a, as just a normal citizen voter, the amount of bullshit and misinformation that's peddled during an election campaign, if I did that in private business, I'd be sued for, for lying, right? But in politics... The major parties, the you know the other sides, they can just say whatever they want. Like, look at the last federal election with yeah. the lying about uh, they're going to ruin Medicare, and it, that was never talked about. But that was put out as a scare campaign by one of the sides, yeah. and that swayed X amount of voters. It had to. We've got a problem in Australian politics, don't we? We have to I clean know. it up. I mean, if you say something, then I you know. should actually be held to account for what you say. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I can't believe how they're allowed to lie. Like, nothing has to be referenced. I've done so much uni in my entire life. Like, and everything has to be referenced. But I've mm. noticed since doing politics that nobody references anything. Like, they can just lie and lie and lie and it doesn't matter. Like... It's, yeah, it is unbelievable that they can just, yeah, they can say whatever they want and they can say whatever they want about another party and like it just, yeah. And it, everybody does it, right? Everybody but does it. But I think it. everyone yep. does it because that's the game that's being played. Like um, a couple of times during the show, I've really voiced my dislike of attack ads because yep. I switch off the minute. That someone runs an attack ad, I just go. You're treating me like a chump. Like, yeah. Inspire me what you're going to do for the nation. Don't tell me why you hate the other guy. Like, I don't care why you hate the other guy. Try and give me what you're going to do for me. I right? know. That's what I want. I want to know. Like, well, first of all, go back to your other point. It would be great if we had a federal ICAC. You know, a, a, you know, an mm. anti-corruption commission. That would be one thing that would weed out all the dirt out of politics as well. We don't want people who have been in politics to then go and become a political lobbyist, um, at least for another five years after they've left left politics. That would be good. Um, well, I'm so I, make, I think that makes sense they go and be a lobbyist because they know everybody. 
Well, I don't Do you think, think that it's... leads to spurious sort of deals because they absolutely. Know I mean, there was Greenpeace led out a. Um, they did a video in the 2019 federal election where they they mapped who was who. Um, you know, between um, it was called dirty money, mm-hmm. and they mapped who was related to. Um, you know, who was a board member with the coal companies and the gas companies and then who was in the Liberal Party and um, who was on which board of, you know, of which companies. And it was just, it was unbelievable of, of you know, who was, um, who had their finger in which pie. And it, it was just incredible of, you know, the revolving door between the coal and gas companies and the Liberal Party. It was just, yeah, it it was terrible. But that makes terrible. Sen- but again, that makes sense to me because the Liberal Party is the the party of um, business people. Like that's where uh-huh. everyone sort of ends up, right? At the LNP, if you're yeah. in business, you go, "Well, that's my party, blue." Yeah. Um, so of course they're going to be focused on that because they're going to end up in boardrooms and because that's the circles they walk around in. Whereas the Greens, you're not going to be walking around in boardroom circles. Although, because again, that's but prejudice. should we be should we be basing our policies on? coal and gas. I mean, have a look at the, um, you know, the COVID commission, the national COVID commission was made up of, um, of a gas company um, board members. Well, it was headed by Santos or something, wasn't it? The, the national COVID commission. I mean, like, this is terrible. You can't just run our country headed by gas and coal companies. Like we're more than that. We're more than that. I mean, the entertainment industry brings in billions of dollars worth of money into our country, way more than coal and gas companies. Why don't we head it, um, head it up by entertainment industry people then? <laughs> like, it's probably because they're creatives and people aren't going to reference creatives in positions of decision. Maybe that's it. Well, I think we should. Like the arts majors are not going to be asked to sit in on a committee that's going to decide on an economic something. Right? Well, really, I mean, renewables is going to bring down the the amount of money that people are paying for their electricity bills. It's going to lead to thousands and thousands more jobs for people. We're going to be manufacturing renewables. We're going to be manufacturing batteries here in Queensland, um, solar panels here in Queensland. There is so much in it if we are transitioning to renewables. And if we all put our heads together and actually move to being, you know, world leaders in this technology, I mean... We're just really slow, really slow. And the only reason is because of the coal and gas company money that's going to these political leaders. It's terrible. But see, I challenge you on that because I look at it the other way. I go, well, we're earning money in and off the taxation of those things, which gives us money into the public purse. The entire which world Which means we is... can then spend on that. And that is one of our key exports, right? The entire world so is moving it? away from that. The entire world. Yeah, but it's not going to happen in the next 10 years. Like it's, I think that's the problem. I think there has to be, there definitely has to be changes to renewables and moving towards renewables. Well, I'm mm-hmm. Danish. We've got wind farms up the wazoo in Denmark. Like yep. They're everywhere. It's renewable. Majority of it, if not all of it. I don't know the exact politics of Denmark. Yep, yep. So it's about a timing. It's a timing issue. Yep. So... And we're on a timeline, remember, because... Yeah, but I don't the, think the world's going to end in 2050. I mean, sorry for Maldives. They're probably going to lose some land, but... At the end of the day, the world's not going to be flooded and we're not going to stop breathing in 2050. We are losing the... Have you seen the Great Barrier Reef? Yeah, okay. I mean... So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course we have, but... And have you seen the Pacific Islands lately? But like, what's our level of... So then my and, brain and goes, what's our level of emission versus China, India, the big polluters? We're not a big polluter in the world. We are actually the biggest exporters of coal. So we are actually the worst culprit in the world. 
Hmm. So if we make the drugs and we export the drugs, but then we don't have the junkies dying on our streets, does that make us liable? It's an interesting point. Mm. We are actually liable. Well, maybe not. I mean, let's say India buys our coal. It's up to them to hit their targets. I mean, we're hitting, if you believe, again, I haven't fact-checked this, right? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, we're hitting our target um, decrease, what's the word? You decrease your, mm. your output. Apparently, we're exceeding what we set at the Paris Accord. By 2030-something, we were X percent down and we're, we're ahead of that curve. So, mm, is the yeah. argument that our target is not big enough? You know, what they've done there is they've actually played with the figures with that one. So... Yeah, they haven't been, they haven't actually calculated those figures with those, um, yeah, they've done, they've done the dirty with those figures. So they've said that they're not going to cut down these trees where they weren't going to cut down these trees to begin with. Oh, and they're getting carbon uh, credits and stuff. Yeah, getting carbon, credit, carbon credits. Um, yeah, they've really played with the figures there. Um, so but back yeah. to my point though, because yeah. this, is, this, is this is my belief, if we're not a major dirtier in the world, yeah then it's not us that has to do the heavy lifting. It's the people that are polluting a lot more than we are. Now, your point back to me mm-hmm. is, well, actually, the coal's coming from Australia. Yeah, that's right. Never thought of it like that. I thought, well, it's, you know, it's up to the guys making the dirty. They've got to actually hit the targets, whereas we don't make the dirty at all. Or is it too cute for me to say that and go, well, actually, it's you can't kind of export it for letting go of billions. responsibility. Yeah, but that's convenient. It is convenient. <laughs> it means we can earn money. We can have a clean conscience but you and can let somebody earn else more deal money. with it. You can earn more money if you export renewable energy. How do, but how can we do that? Oh, we can. We already do. I think we export it to Singapore already. Yeah. Do you mean like feedback into a power grid and export? Or? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's under the ocean. Yeah. Because I know um, now gas is not a renewable, right? No. Um, no, okay. no coal or gas. Okay, but Be- because um, I know uh, one of my friends was part of a deal that actually took the gas pipeline to PNG. Yeah, and that was huge, like a huge thing, you know, pumping from Australia up. And again, everyone saw it as a positive. You know, it's helping the economy in PNG. They're getting the resources they need to to function. We're exporting something that we've got. Yeah. So the only people that got a problem with it are people that have like a conscience or <laughs> like the Greens that go, well, actually, no, we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Like we shouldn't That's be exporting right. stuff. Um, not not exporting coal and gas, but exporting renewables. And that is possible to do that. If we think outside the box and think in terms of renewables, we can actually move into the future. So think about the future. You're trying to inspire me from the other I'm side of the I'm trying to inspire you, okay? Think about the future. Think about the future generations and think in terms of technology and harnessing that technology in the future. You know, try mm. and... Like, I know it's uncomfortable to do something that you've never done before, right? But we can actually be the leaders in technology. We can actually, like, be on the front line here. We we have the power and the ability to be the world leaders in something brand new, you know? Australia is, and especially Queensland, has the ability to be, like, the leaders in world-leading technology and renewables. Like, can you imagine? I mean... Queenslanders are amazing. Australians are amazing for how smart we are. You know what? I understand why you're in for politics now because it's been a long time since I've actually had a politician inspire me about anything. Yeah. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? You know, we can export renewable energy. Like we could be the world leaders in technology of battery storage, of, you know, brand new technology for solar panels, of, you know, we've already done a massive... um, 
like we've got heaps and heaps of people with solar panels on their roofs. Now we need to get heaps and heaps of people electrifying everything, right? So electrifying their cars, electrifying, well, we've started electrifying trucks, electrifying buses, electrifying right. everything in their let, household. Let me stop you and sorry to ruin your flow. But what about, yep. so what about the argument then that where people go, well, actually, to actually mine the stuff that goes in on an electric car. Yeah. And then you've got to charge the car anyway into the wall. That's right. There is no positive about it. But yeah, it's you drive an electric car, but you still need renewables to charge it. You still need renewables to build That's it. Right. That's right. So That's how do you where get the it past, How do you get past that hole? Well, actually, That's you know right. better off. No, you are. You are. What? Yeah. See, maybe this is the whole point. Maybe both sides actually agree but what they just don't talk about is we just need to agree on a timeline. That's right. Because it kind right. of feels like That's right. if you've got a conscience towards we've got to be more environmentally friendly That's and right. renewable, yeah. it's quite often pitched as, at us to go, well, you've got to actually give up coal tomorrow. I'm going no. It's not possible. No, it's not possible to do it tomorrow. Um, but so yeah, there's a, a difference of is? opinion. Well, for for Greens, yes, um, we are a little bit more on the extreme side. We want it done fast, fast, fast <laughs> because agitating, agitating. The planet yeah. is at risk, you know. So we are a little bit on the extreme side because we're worried about the planet and we're worried about, um, you know, what's going to happen to the planet. Like, what kind of planet are we leaving for our children? And you know, and I'm sad that I got to go and experience the Great Barrier Reef and see how beautiful the coral is. And and my children can't see the coral that I saw. You know, I'm sad that there are a lot of animals that are, you know, that got burnt in the bushfires that are never going to come back. Or that, you know, we're having extreme of flooding, which is caused by climate change. And, you know, and lots of animals and lots of species are going to be killed over the next few years where we have these unprecedented floods all the time now. Um, that we're going to lose more and more species over the next generation that are never coming back, you know. So I am sad about that. Um, and people are saying, you know, scientists are saying that 2050 is too late. So Labor has come in between there and said, okay, well, look, 2050 is too late. For Greens, we think that that's a little bit too soon. So Labor has come in and said, um, I think Labor has said 2040. or something like that. that. So they've come in the middle. Yeah, Yeah. they've come in the middle and said, okay, well, we'll go for that one. So, you know, they've kind of cut it down the middle and said, okay, well, we'll go there. Um, So, yeah, but but yeah, Greens are more... It's kind of easy to say anything when you're not in power because you don't have to deliver on anything. Well... And that's that's, that's why I sometimes think of some of the Labor... With what they release as policy, uncosted, untested. It's like Willy Wonka going, I'm going to create a gold chocolate bar. Like... It would be nice, but have you actually costed that? You yeah. Know? But look, all the scientists agree that, yes, we are on a timeline. We do have to do something um, because okay, the, so the planet is I haven't is shared this dying. with many people, so let me share this with you. And this might show how ignorant I am. But let's – I don't believe in climate change. When I look at the world – and You, know, there, you don't uh, believe look, in um, gravity? No, no. No, like, no, does, yeah, no, does no let me explain. Exist? Let me explain what I mean. <laughs> Why I say, and in the context that it's been talked about, how it's been talked about, uh-huh. because is there change in the climate? Absolutely. We can see it around us, right? Yeah. But if we take such a short view on it, like 100 years, yeah, we all go, this has never happened before in the frequency that's ever happened. I'm going, well, who's to say that we're looking at it in the right time frame? Now, I'm not looking uh-huh. for an excuse. I'm not looking for plausible deniability. That's not why I think this way. That's we go, okay. Well, the world's changed it's all the time. It's comforting to not agree with climate change. It, it helps you feel better. Like ice, well, the ice age has happened. Uh, there used to be water in the inland deserts of Australia. So, again, I th- I'd say I'm pretty moderate in – I'm not a numpty, but I'm not a scholar. Like, I'm middle-of-the-road intelligence, right? So, if I look at the picture and I go, 
what if there always has been climate change? Does man have an impact on the rate of change currently? Yeah, we probably do because we are consuming and, and stuff in the world, but there's always been change. Mm. So I kind of feel like just blaming it on man is a little bit like, well, hang on, what about what were the natural cycles and patterns? And this comes from my flower growing background. Like, what were the natural cycles and patterns of the earth there? And then, yes, man comes over the top and accelerates things. Yeah. But that's why I don't just go, man is evil. Man has stuffed everything up. Um, and if we don't do something radical, we're going to die by 2050. Like, I feel like that's the extremism that people often get to. And I, I that yeah. that's why I stay in the middle. And I go, I can't agree with that. Oh, look, that's quite comforting to think like that. Um, but look, if you... <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to say, look, we have been quite brainwashed over over my lifetime. Um, you know, over yeah, our lifetime. brainwashed. Yeah, unfortunately, over our lifetime. I mean, we started off, uh, and I know you did your high school in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Where were you for your primary school? Australia. Oh, you were in Australia. Yeah. Okay. So Learned nothing about Australian history. No, no, but I'm going to say, like, when we were in primary school, we got told about this hole in the ozone layer. Um, So that's about all we got told about climate change was that there was a hole in the ozone layer, but we got told back then that it was because we used hairspray. Um, so <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, so stop using hairspray. Stop using hairspray and everything will be okay. CFCs, you know? wasn't it? Yes, CFCs, yes. Yeah. Um, hairspray and spray deodorant, I think it was. Mm. So my mum told me, right, you all got it. All you girls, I got three sisters. Um, and so it was like, all you girls got to stop using hairspray and spray deodorant, right? So, and then the planet will be okay. And then. <laughs> well, clearly you didn't stop. <laughs> But then after that, um, you know, the only news that we had, because we only had four channels on our TV, and that was until, oh gosh, until after I had my kids. Um, And then I didn't get internet because I was told that internet was only for porn. And so... (laughs) Like, I didn't get internet until, um, oh, God, I had all my children by then um, because that's all I was told. And, like, everybody just had newspapers. Um, So, really, in the newspapers, and, of course, the newspapers was run by Murdoch, and Murdoch didn't agree with climate change and didn't obviously got coal and gas um, subsidies as well. And so – and he was LMP biased. And so – Really, everybody, like the the media was controlled by coal and gas companies. And so throughout our entire lives, all we knew was that um, climate change didn't exist. We never got taught anything in high school. And so it's only the the scientists who have actually studied what's happening to the planet. David Attenborough, for example, is one of them. But any other scientist who has actually studied what's happening to the planet who actually knows anything about climate change, who actually knows the rising sea level temperatures, who actually knows what's happening to the um, to Antarctica and, and the melting ice caps. Um, but I'm saying, hasn't that all happened before? Um, look, it's actually been progressive over time. So, um, look, I don't know what's happened before because I'm not a scientist, but I do know that I'm not a scientist scientists either. are actually screaming at us that this is happening. And so I'm actually listening to but, the But to I'm not the arguing experts. with it happening. But I'm just sort of saying that the Whether maybe this is part of, of maybe this is part of the cycles that have been happening in the world. Um, yeah, for but, um, thousands of years. Yeah, but we haven't actually had um, we haven't actually used coal back then. So what they are knowing is that 
um, by burning coal and gas, we're actually adding to the problem. So back when they thought, oh, using CFCs in your hairspray, that's adding to the problem. You know, what they know now, what scientists know now is that by burning coal and gas, that is adding to the problem. So if scientists are telling us that, then that's what we've got to stop doing. And the way that we can we can slow this down or stop it completely is by stopping burning coal and gas. We need to stop it. And the only people who are against doing that are the people who are making money from it. And that's our politicians. No, that's not it. I mean, I'm I don't make any money out of that from that. But that does. But I'm a, I don't support the push to end using fossil fuels. Full stop. Like. But I, I, I was thinking while you're talking, I'm going, I wonder why I have these views. And yeah, but I, I take the point and go, well, you know, we've been fed a certain flow of information our entire yeah. lives. But I think it's down to lack of trust because we talked about it before, like attack ads and you don't have to prove anything in an election. You can say whatever you want. You can lie to your face and no worries. Maybe it's just the information we, I don't know what information I can actually believe. I think that's yeah, the crux that of the is whole hard, thing. isn't it? I've got the most access to information in the world I've ever had, yeah. and yet I still am in this convoluted state I know. where I don't know who to, who to trust. I know. That is really, really difficult, especially in Logan. It's very hard for everybody. Uh, you know, we obviously have um, – Logan's a, a lower socioeconomic area. Um, people don't have the high levels of education that we do have in, in other areas like the inner city. Um, yeah, it's very hard for people to pick and choose. And, and that's where we do have people who, you know, I had people on pre-poll today ask me about, you know, World Economic Forum and the Nuremberg trials and um, QAnon and all this sort of stuff. And I've said, you need to stop reading this stuff, you know. Like people do pick up misinformation because mm. they don't know what information is good for them or what information is true and what information is. But look, even the ABC does it. I mean, I've watched an ABC uh, coverage of, say, the PM's uh, press conference. And then I watched the summary the ABC delivers is what they believe he said. And I'm sitting there going, was I watching a different broadcast? Yes, like yes. that is not what he said in the context that he said it. Yes. Yet this is what was turned around. Obviously, what the journo believe they heard. Yeah. And that's what's then put forward as the ticker down the bottom and the. Yeah. This is, isn't it hard? Yeah, I know. I I really feel the way that I can get it through to people is just to break it down really, really simple. Um, yeah, that's the only that's the only thing I can do is. But just that's to the first step, isn't it? You've got to admit that you don't have all the information. That's true. That is true. I'm talking about myself. Like, so yeah. to actually get any change in mindset, you have to admit, I don't have all the information. Yeah. Is there a possibility that I'm wrong? Always. There's always a possibility I'm wrong in my views. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay, well, how do you then prove otherwise? Yeah. But yeah. there's the core of the problem in Australian politics today. It doesn't matter what party. Yeah. Trustability of any party, I would say, is sorely eroded because it all starts in media. Media is not even trusted anymore. No. No, and not that's, at all. I'm, I'm part of the media. That's yeah. a shame. That's why I can say it like that because, well, that's my tribe. Yeah. Yeah, but getting back to your very, very first question at the beginning of mm. like, how do you align yourself with a particular party? I think you've got to align yourself with what aligns with your values. You said that early on. Yeah, yeah. and I think, you know, I tell everybody that democracy is out there um, as long as you have a look at what those particular policies are, what those values are. I started off saying our Greens values, um, you know, our, our pillars are the grassroots democracy, the ecological sustainability, the, um, uh, hang on, let me think of the, <laughs> the other two. Um, You're fine. Uh, peace and, 
non-violence, you mm-hmm. know, which is where we'll get those policies where people don't like these particular ones, but we, um, you know, we don't support, um, you know, the like, you know, those policies where they want to put more money into submarines and, you know, things like that, because that is one of our major pillars is peace and non-violence. You're going to need it. I mean, whoever's got the big stick has security in the world. That's just a fact, right? I know. But think about it. We do need lots of different people in the world to actually come together in our parliament and have those voices. So if you think about it, if you want to have the voices in our parliament, you want to have someone who's peaceful. You want diversity of view. Diversity of view. So in our parliament, you want to have someone who's peaceful and thinks about things in a diplomatic way so that you can actually have diplomatic discussions with other countries. You don't want to have someone who's all gung-ho and saying, oh, let's make war, let's make war. You know, you want to have one person who says, okay, let's spend more money on um, submarines, but then you want to have another person in parliament who says, oh, hang on a minute, is there another way? Is there another way to be diplomatic and have peace with this other country? You know what I mean? Like, I think we've got to have that diversity in parliament like not everybody can have exactly the same views so that is one of our um pillars is that we always want to look for the peaceful way Mm -hmm. you know um so yeah that's another one and social justice is our fourth pillar so social justice is of course looking after all of the minority groups so that's where you'll see these policies of um you know looking after trans rights and disability rights and funding the ndis and um you know, all, all of those minority groups, making sure that there's social justice for everybody. Human, we have a human rights focus. Yeah. So, Which broadly, every one of those you couldn't not, not agree with because they're all humanity-based yes. uh, being good people, right? Yes, that's right. Which is why I'm so confused when I'm sitting at pre-poll and I'll say, oh, hello, would you like to have a look at our policies? We're after dental into Medicare and someone would come along and they just see that I'm wearing green and they'll go... Absolutely not, you know, and I'll just be like, what? Like, why is that so, I don't understand why you, you know, but all they see is greens. They'll see the greens triangle and, you know, like you say, branding and they'll Mm -hmm. just, they just think, oh no, you started the bushfires. No, absolutely not. (laughs) I'm just thinking, what? Oh my gosh, we have so much more to do here. Like we have so much more education. I totally agree because I sort of look at, I feel a bit sorry also for the government of the day and it doesn't matter what colour the government of the day is. So at the moment, we've got an LNP government, right? Yeah. I actually feel sorry for the LNP government because I go, well, they've actually done pretty well considering with the big shit fight we've been through for the last two years. Yeah. And it's very easy to hate the people in power, right? And I think people as a whole expect someone else to save them and they want to blame someone else. That's what I feel like the Australian people are like right now. So if you actually stand for something, which you do, you've you know, part of the green, you've got your green shirt. Yep. And it's like, yeah, this is what we stand for. I think it's so easy for people as their first point of contact to just attack and tear down because yeah. they don't know, haven't got a clue what you stand for. Not a clue. They haven't got the capacity to actually even take it in if you're going to tell them. Yeah. Um, and they go, well, you know what? Um, it's just easier for me just to be in my view that I have. Yeah. And I just can toddle off and I'll, I'll do my voting. But I will share, like I pre-polled at the City Hall this week mm-hmm. um, and I actually felt like I was running the gauntlet, you know, with all the volunteers and for all the parties and because I knew how I was going to vote. That's yep. like I'd already decided. Yep. And it's funny. It is very confronting when you're walking past everybody and you can get some really excited um, volunteers, but yep. probably a little bit aggressive. It's like, 
no thanks man I'm, I'm good but it's not like a that's not an insult to them it's just like no I just I'm, I don't have the capacity to take on anything you're telling me anyway because I just want to get past you and get in the door yeah yeah you do but get it, that. it gets around that whole thing of when can you have a conversation and again here's the problem in Australia you can't have a conversation like you and I are having yeah because I vote LNP that's just the way I was brought up and that's just my leaning to how I vote majority right yeah normally you can't have this type of conversation because people start right. yelling at each other they and they go, do. oh, you're a dickhead because you think this and that. I mean, you might think I'm a numpty because I said to you I don't believe in climate change and give you the reasons why. But you had the good grace to go, oh, Nikki. And then at <laughs> least explain oh, explain Nikki. why, you know, we'll have a think about this. I mean, that's the yeah. only way you'll ever get changed, right? You say, well, actually, that's a really interesting view you have, Andrew, that you believe the gravity's upside down, but you don't. But you know what I'm saying? No, like, no. But maybe you should right, consider yeah. and have a think about and go find some of, yeah. like, some of that stuff out. Because... Um, because I can relate to that. I can relate to that because there was a time when I didn't quite understand um, climate change either. You know, I can relate to that because mm. climate change was kept out of our vocabulary. Mm. You know, it was, we didn't know anything about it. It's only really since I've had kids that the kids have taught me all of these things. You know, it's, yeah, I can I can totally relate to to things that other people are telling me when when people are telling me that um, yeah that uh, and and the other thing is trans rights you mm-hmm. know I mean we didn't even have I, I don't even think we had the word trans we certainly didn't have the word non-binary um, uh, there's a lot of these words that don't we, get me started on pronouns I know but we didn't have a lot of these things when we were growing up and so when people come to me and say oh, I don't understand these things. I'll say, oh, it's okay. Like these these things weren't around when I was growing up, but, you know, it's okay to to change. It's okay like yeah, to kind of to think these, you know, these new young people that are coming through, they like these labels and they want these labels and I'm okay to accept that they want to label who they are or what their sexuality is or how they identify themselves and they want to identify themselves like that, that's fine, you know? Oh, I wish I had your relaxed view on the world on that because I, I go, well, your delusion doesn't then mean I have to take part in this. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, Nikki. So if someone goes Nikki. like, oh, it's now they and them, I'm going, no, mate. That's just... That's what they want. I gave an example. But I want to be a billionaire and that might not happen either, right? What I'm thinking is I gave an example on air during one of the shows about um, there was a person, a transgender person serving me at a Bunnings and they had on their name tag um, they and them. And everybody who listens to the show knows I can't stand pronouns because to me it's absolute bullshit. And I'll tell you why. No, no, but I'll tell you why. Because your sexuality is actually your business, not mine. It's the same when we had the gay vote. Right, I never should have been asked to vote on somebody's right to marry somebody else because of their sexuality. That's offensive. It's like it's not up to me to actually pass judgment on another Australian that way. So when someone's serving me, right. and same when you get a corporate email and they go they and them at the bottom, I just go for fuck's sake they and them. I don't care what your pronoun is in your email or on your name badge. I'll treat you as a human. I'll call you by your name. Um, I'll, I'll compliment you and give you a Google review if you give me good service, and I'll complain about you if you give me bad service. But in a service realm, yeah, that's my relationship to that human. It yeah, doesn't have yeah. to go any deeper than that. And that's why I get the shits with because the when perif- proliferation of pronouns. It's like it's out of control. Um, because when you're writing about someone or 
talking about someone. Yeah, how they they're referenced. Yeah. How they're referenced yeah. changes. That's yeah, that. what it means. I get that. Yeah, yeah. So you're not calling them she or he. You're introducing them like when you're talking about them. So you'll introduce them as they. Yeah. It's just so cute for me. I can't get there. I've tried. It's, I've, I, I know. I've got somebody it's, in my life that's transitioned too, by the way. And I've yes. had some really interesting conversations with them about that. Um, yes. And they do take my view of why and they understand where I'm coming from. And I kind of understand where they're coming from. Yeah. But then I still fall on the bio, biology side. And I go, well, you know, can a, can a person who just wants to be identified as a Korean pop star go that way no but then whether that's then getting off track because it goes off into any sort of something different and we can't stay on the topic of uh, sexuality and identification but again how do where do you ever have the opportunity to have this type of conversation that can delve into that yeah in a safe space where someone goes oh no you're just a hypocrite or a homophobe yeah no okay because that's i'm not i know Mm. it's it's a level of understanding yeah okay so Okay, so if you take a person, right, um, I'm not sure whether or how much you've looked into it. So the person might be transitioning like they feel like they're, like they might look like they're female, but they feel like on the inside they feel like they're male, right? So their brain, their brain might think I'm actually male, but when you look at me, you look at me thinking I'm female. The biology is female, yeah. Yeah, you look at me thinking I'm female, but yeah. I'm actually not. Yeah. Um, and so in our day, we used to call them tomboys, Yeah. right? But like we didn't really care that they were tomboys. We just used to think, oh, my kid is a tomboy. Mm-hmm. Just acts like a boy all the time and wears boys' clothes and wants to cut their hair like a boy. And we just didn't really care. We no. just went, oh. And that's not a thing. She's a tomboy, you know? But that's what I mean. I think it's, like, it's been – I get that it's probably <laughs> is really relevant to somebody who's going through that journey. But somebody who's not, I just don't have a care factor on it. Like, And that's probably because I don't need to have one because I'm not – I don't have a child that's going through it or so I don't have intimate closeness to that subject. But that's why I sort of go, actually, don't really care about your pronoun. Him, he, she, but her. But they care. Like they care about the pronoun. So it's hurtful to them if they get – if they look I, my like problem a female, is them and right? they. I just can't go to them and they. It just drives because me insane. They're, because they're sort of in the middle. They're not actually female and they're not actually male. Like this, they're in the middle of it. You know what you haven't picked me up on? Like what? I'm arguing along the lines of um, biology and evolution. Yeah. And you're you've got this beautiful view, and I'm not saying beautiful in a derogatory at all. And so you've got this beautiful view of going, well, if that's how they wish to be addressed, mm. then that's just how we address them. Like, how much easier would it be if I just don't, if I could just embrace wholeheartedly mm. and go, like, if you came and said, listen, I want you to refer to me as they and them. Yeah. And I'd say, okay, no problem. Like, what does it really matter? Um, no, no, I get what yeah. it matters to the person, no, but no, like for no. the people that have beliefs that are not just going with whatever it is somebody else wants, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that is essentially what you're saying. It's the same no, thing. As, it's so it's the same common. thing as transgender in, in sport. There's no yeah. way a transgendered person should be taking part in female sport and beating female athletes because they're biologically male. Well, that's you, an inconvenient truth, my when friend. When you test their testosterone levels, they may be, they may have testosterone levels of a female. Yeah, but masculine ma- uh, muscle mass. It's just to me that's like, that's a that's a different thing again. Mm, like sport, I don't look at the whole thing as one thing, but that's why I go. 
do I struggle with the whole yeah because it's it's it, like when we grow up and it, we're part of our conditioning of our childhood but am I embracing of differential views absolutely because mm. I, like I said we're a very close friend who's mm. transitioned but it's like where I suppose I feel like if you're a moderate which is how I describe myself mm. it's almost like you feel like you do have to try and safeguard some of the things because how we relate to the world is understood by how we understand things in our world so if we go, you know what, open slather on everything. Because really, when you look at the extreme forces in our worlds, mm. they want us to be extreme on everything because they want to move the needle past the center and at least get some mm-hmm. swing on the pendulum, right? Mm-hmm. That scares the crap out of me because I yeah, go, well, you know what? I can see. I can't go too extreme that way because actually night is day, day is night, you know, blue, black, black, blue. Like there are some things that we just But is this accept. based on your religious views? No, I'm not religious. Okay. I'd say I'm more spiritual than religious. I don't really have a religion that okay. I relate to. Okay. I mean, you know, my wife's Catholic and I've grown up with that yeah. in all the years. And, you know, I've got Catholic guilt by association because I've yeah. been married to a Catholic, which is a jo- in joke. But it's a beautiful religion on, on a lot of it. I see a lot of things that I would do differently if um, I had free choice and I was raised a Catholic. Okay. So, no, it's not It's, it's not, not a religious, religious No, thing. it's okay. No. I actually look at things like from humanity – yeah. Um, and then you go, well, if you're looking at humanity, why do you just let people be who they want to be? Yeah. Because that scares the crap out of me. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, because that's, that's, that's where I come that's from. That's chaos. I just think, I, I that's just, just think, chaos. But I don't I If you don't could just be a unicorn and skip off into the fields. Yeah. Well, hang on. Just who to cares? me, it's a delusion. Like, but you, it, that's, not, that's not biology. But who cares? Who that, cares? Well, that's a good question. Who cares? Like, Honestly, let them play sport. Let them use the same toilet. But isn't that who cares? But isn't that unfair to the other girls? So let's just say you've got a um, a male biological Let them get male. married. Uh, absolutely. Like honestly, we shouldn't it's have not going to hurt anybody. How, that was so offensive to me that I got asked to go and vote on like another Australian's right to marry the person they love just because they were gay. I was so offended by that. I was like, "There's no way we should ever been asked to vote on that." No. It should just have been brought in, done. Politicians should have taken care of it. Thanks for coming. Yeah. I mean, really, it's it's a human rights issue for me. I just think like everybody should be able to just do whatever they want. I mean, Isn't everybody chaos, should though? have Isn't that chaos? It's not chaos. We need red lights, we need crosswalks, we need footpaths, we need cars to go well, on yes, the left side. Yes, like. but we're not talking about things to keep people safe, are we? I mean, this is not to keep people safe. This is to keep people under control. That's an interesting point. It's not are to we save talking about people's lives. Are we talking about control? Exactly. It's not to save a person's life. No, we're talking life. about control. We're talking about control. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I bet you I know how I got there in my thoughts. How? Because I feel like if I go, yep, totally cool. Be, you know, you want to uh, relate as a train station. Remember that woman in the UK that married a train station? Yep, let's just accept everyone for who they are, what they want to do, because you can just be anything you want. Yeah. I feel like the next step is that, and I think that's what people call wokeism, Mm -hmm. that people want to tear everything down that stood for something because it's easier for them to then control into the anarchy. Mm -hmm. So if you look at, um, say, churches. I actually quite like churches. I like people having religion. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what religion it is. I, I really like that they have a faith. Yeah. And they have to have the right to practice that faith, as long as it's not demonic worship and stuff, because that's yeah. just too weird, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we accept wholeheartedly all the other stuff in our society, then what is actually off limits? And that comes from there's no, there's no leader in our society. There's no, there's no um, respect in our society. 
there's no trust in our governments and our media and our society mm. the way that I look at the world. Mm. I think this is what drives my whole thing of that's probably why I cling to I can accept, you know, if you're born a girl but you think you're a guy and you're a transition, I can accept that because yeah. like that's to me is okay. I find that kind of sad that they accidentally were in the wrong body, you know. I find that sad that they have to live like that yeah. in the wrong body. It must know? be horrible, right? It must be awful. You can't be your true self. You can't be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hmm. That's sad. It's all about control, not safety. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's they're not hurting anybody. Are they or aren't they? I know you say they aren't. No. Ah. It's because I'm overlaying the whole movement of the extremists in those movements. Because if you look at the transgendered activists, they are feral and troll-worthy people. Because when you look at them, oh, if you the get a moderate who, that comes out, if you get a moderate that comes yeah. out and says, "I'm not comfortable with transgender people competing in, you know, girls swimming because mm-hmm. of the physiology," rather than actually to try and have a conversation about, it, they just attack. full attack yeah. and troll, right? Yeah, inexcusable. Doesn't matter which way it happens. Yeah, but so maybe I just need to stop focusing on extremes on and just accept extremists. that you know what? There's extremists in the in there the moderates. Are extremists There's extremists everywhere. everywhere. Absolutely. And I feel the same about fanatical religious types. You mm. know, they have been cruel to me. I am I use a wheelchair, as you know, mm. but listeners don't know. But um, I've had people come up in the street and pray for me and, you know, which sounds lovely, but it's actually not. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's inflicting awful. something on you. Yeah. It's telling me, you know, they'll tell me that I've had, you know, demons in me or that my parents did something wrong and that's why I'm in a wheelchair, um, you know, and that they need to pray the pray the evil spirits out of me and things like this and can I lay hands on you and you know I've just had enough of religious extremists who you know in the 80s you could just smash someone in the head just punch (laughs) them straight out and go don't be a rude little prick I am for peace and (laughs) non-violence Nikki (laughs) (laughs) it's like that guy that yelled out the minute silence at the Anzac day he got smashed by the other guy next time and I'm totally okay (gasps) with that when he got punched in the face and he deserved the punch in the face yeah no I don't I'm for peace (laughs) Peace and non-violence in the Greens, I Nikki, get it. that's one of our One pillars. of your poor pillars you that's mentioned. Our, yes, we don't support that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, of course, speaking with Andrea Wilden. She is the Greens campaign organiser for Rankin and Ford. And also Andrea ran in the state seat of Stretton for the Greens in 2020 and actually secured a good swing towards them. Well done, my friend. We're Thank running you. out of time and that is the first podcast that we've recorded i have a feeling there's going to be a few more of these because i quite like exploring these sort of issues in a safe space so uh would you accept my invitation to come back at some stage and and we didn't talk about business we didn't talk about business but you know what people in business it's not just all about ringing the cash register and you know lower wages and and ir laws it is about society because people in business are actually just normal humans at the end of the day but they run a shop as well oh okay so it's like i know we sort of go down the i know my pre-brief too was okay we've got to talk about business business we've got all the business business. policies and (laughs) is is the green safe for business and but if you look at i i I prefer to the broader conversation about uh the extremism we all have mindsets are we willing to actually explore for ourselves to form some opinions based on some semblance of fact? Mm. Um, and then where do we end up in our mindset and does that move the needle in our own chain of thought? Yeah. It was I, fun. That's probably just as useful as, you know, sprouting the, the business policies because I had a quick look on the website yeah, yeah. before. And like, and all that's available on the website. Where, what website can they go to if they're interested in finding out more about what the Greens stand for? Um, greens.org.au. Okay. Uh, forward slash policies, I think. Yep. Let me have a look. I'll put you on yeah. the spot. You have a look. 
Yeah, greens.org.au forward slash platform forward slash A to Z. Okay. Um, and that's got like an A to Z of policies that you can have a look at to, you know, it's pretty easy to find things in there. So it's it's a really good one actually for the Australian Greens. And the thing I've taken out of our chat too, Andy, is um, I don't just follow people of the same persuasion of me anymore. I stopped doing that about a year and a bit ago. I actually <gasps> follow, I would actually say in locally, I've got more labour leaning politician contacts than I have my own political preference. Oh, Nikki, you're so, swinging. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I find it more interesting because you can actually have conversations about, and a lot of the times when people, it's like same with the four pillars you've raised, how can you not agree with that? That's right. You have to Nikki. be an idiot. Not I'll to get you to volunteer for the Greens soon. It's not going to happen. It like will. I said to everybody, be a little I'm a non, I'm a non-politically <laughs> aligned person in the media. <laughs> we get 100% renewables on your roof here soon. Yeah, they do need solar power at the station. They need some of my unit too. But anyway, look, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Nikki. They can go and look up Have online um, to find policies. And I think what I take out of today is there's extremists everywhere. There but are. Look at the heart, the core policies and make your decision based on which way you want to see the world going. And I think you're right, the more voices we have in Parliament that represent... Diversity. The diversity of views that are held by a majority of the minority, if that makes sense, because yeah. you can't have you know, 5,000 voices in Parliament, then it would at least make sense. And I would. And the Greens is a major party. I'm, I'm surprised that you're surprised, because for me, the Greens is a major party. I mean, you've got senators. Thanks for your time, Andrew Wilden. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for listening. That was the Business 101 Show bonus podcast. If you'd like to pass any comment or ask a question or maybe even be interviewed on the show, please get in touch with us via business101show.com.au. That's online, email, Instagram and Facebook. I'm Coach Nikki. Thanks for listening.